everybody. Welcome back. I'm J.B. Shreve, and you're listening to the Faithful Considerations podcast and our continuing series on grace, the energy of God. We've been focusing on this throughout the month of January for this opening month of 2023. Today, we're going to look at the nature of God's grace. Now, this episode partners really well with the last episode we did in the series. And while you can listen to this one alone, it might make a little more sense if you listen to the other episodes first. I would encourage you to just listen to the whole series in order if you're not doing that already. So you can get all of those right now on our Spotify feed or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. After a while, though, we're going to move this whole series to our Patreon page, and it'll be there exclusively to our monthly supporters only. So you can go sign up for that for as little as a dollar a month. So if you've benefited from this series, you might consider doing that. As always, log on to the website at jbshreve.com and sign up for our email alerts so you can be among the first to know whenever we have podcasts or articles, new articles available there. All of that covered, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, The Nature of the Grace. last episode, actually in our last two episodes, we talked about specific biblically-based steps we can take to open our life up, open it to greater flows of the energy of God, His grace. One of those areas involved right connections to the right people. God has an architecture for our life. It's not visible. It's not a book you can read and decipher. We have to discern it spiritually. That architecture includes where we work, what our what our family looks like, all the specific characteristics that make up human life. His architecture brings forth the kingdom of God, and we find peace, we find contentment when our life is aligned to His design. So one of the key aspects of that life architecture is finding and properly connecting to the people God wants us connected with. This is one of the big ones we looked at in that last episode regarding key steps we can take to increase the flow of grace in our lives. Connect to the right people. It's not a personal preference thing. It's a really a deeply spiritual thing, a deeply spiritual reality that all of us can operate in. I think one of the main drivers of traditional religious life as opposed to deeply spiritual life today is that people fail to do this thing right here. I grew up in the Bible Belt. I personally know, and you probably do too, I know people who, they go to the same church as their parents did, maybe even that their grandparents did, because, you know, that's just what you do. And that's religious. It's uh, It's not spiritual. It's just religious. And there's a high possibility that people in this mode of life aren't seeing anywhere near the fullness of God's energy and design in their homes because they're connected to not near the, 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 the right resources for their life. God has grace he wants to give them that's ample, that's abundant within his architectural design for their life, but they're living within the architecture designed for their grandparents' lives. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to go to a different church. Every generation has to go to a different church. That's not really the point. The point is we, as spiritual beings, need to maintain a posture of inquiry, asking God where he wants us. Who does he want us walking with, connecting with? Those connections are life-giving resources for the grace of God in our life. The ability to recognize where the grace for your life is distributed is essential for our spiritual walk. At our church, we call it, where does God send your mail? That's where we need to live, right? Now, 
That being said, that's not the way we're taught to choose our church today in most parts of the world. We're taught to choose our church based upon our preferences. We go to a church that has the best, best youth group, the, the best worship service, the best teaching, the list goes on. Find the church that has what is most important to you. And so churches have developed seeker-friendly services to attract different categories of believers. The really big churches have a service for the more traditional-oriented churchgoers. The hymns they sing and worship, they're more old-school hymns. The message is calibrated to their preference. And then there's another more contemporary service later or earlier. The worship there is updated to be more modern, the attire more casual. And that stuff sounds good on the surface, but think about how messed up that really is. In the name of the gospel, individual preference is being made the centerpiece of the church selection there. It's not about what God wants. It's about what the churchgoer wants. And that's the same strategy that big retailers and social networks use to gain customers. It's not spiritual. That's consumerism is what that is. And maybe that's one of the reasons that there's been such a drop-off in respect and reverence for the church in recent generations. The body of Christ has been reduced to a marketing plan. And that's not God. That's not the message of the kingdom of God. I could go all day on that topic, but the real point I'm trying to make here is that our connections for spiritual life should not be based on what we want or on what we like, but upon what God wants and prefers. That means we have to develop our spiritual antennas to recognize His will, recognize His preferences. Where's the grace for our lives and where is it at today? Now, I realize that seems like really advanced stuff to a lot of listeners out there. It did to me at one time. But that's a problem in us. That's a problem in our culture, not a problem in the kingdom of God. When the age of grace was inaugurated in the book of Acts, we see that believers recognized, they understood the grace of God. It was a spiritual energy that they could detect and learn from. They could sense and follow it. This was, wasn't like super shocking to them. It was a foundational mark of the new age of grace they were living in. When the, first, uh, when the church first started, there was this huge surge of growth in Jerusalem where it started at as the grace rolled out among believers. Then, to try to stop it, the darkness unleashed massive persecution and that, that spread the new, new believers far and wide as they escaped the onslaught of persecution. And it's at that point something happened. Rather than extinguishing the light of God's people, they began to multiply. I want to read this passage from Acts that talks about what happened at this point in the history of the church. Notice how central the grace of God was to what happens, happens here. This is right after Stephen, the first martyr in the church, right after he was killed. I'm reading from Acts 11, verses 19 to 26. It says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some among them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent to Barnabas, or they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, notice that, when he came, when Barnabas came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. 
Barnabas was nicknamed the encourager. In the early church, his sight and perspective wasn't restricted to race or human status, even though he was a devout Jewish believer. When he went to Antioch, he put those cultural definers aside. He wasn't looking at what met his preferences, his assumptions, or his traditional norms. He looked he looked for the grace of God, and he found it. That showed him, and it confirmed to him that the kingdom of God had moved beyond Jerusalem to other Jewish people. But he also saw something else. Before the others in the church recognized Paul, Barnabas sensed the grace on him. Barnabas found the grace wasn't about the man, wasn't about geography or, or the human traditions and perceptions. It was about the design and the supreme will of God. Find the grace and follow the grace. That's the way it's supposed to work for us today. That was always the way it was supposed to work. Look at this exhortation. This is from Hebrews. Now, quick side note, side note, no one knows for sure who wrote this book, the book of Hebrews, but some people think it actually might have been Barnabas himself. Anyway, look at this exhortation. This is Hebrews 13, 7 and 9. It says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. The early church, the biblical church, placed priority on identifying the grace and connecting to people in accordance to that grace. When it comes to leaders, look at the, the fruit of their life. See the grace on their life. Imitate the faith they had act, that they've activated with that grace. Paul even said this explicitly. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Don't worry about things that appeal to the mind and the flesh. Find the grace and follow the grace. Again, it's worth noting that individual believers in the book of Acts, not only leaders, but individual believers were expected to have this capacity to be able to see it. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Religion likes to take something spiritual, put it in a box, package it with a formula, and suck the ever-loving life of God out of it. That's actually what happened after the events recorded in the book of Acts. Church leaders began writing creeds and rules, not bad things in and of themselves, but in their pursuit of safety and sound doctrine, they removed the priority of spiritual development, spiritual discernment from the lives of average believers. People stopped following the grace. They started following the rules. And that's when the dark ages of the church began. And it didn't end until the age of Reformation, when different people like Luther and Tyndale and others began to shatter the religious dogma and move believers back towards hearing and seeing God for themselves. During the dark ages, before the Reformation, the average believer couldn't even read the Bible. It wasn't allowed. Even if they could read, it wasn't written in their own language. It was written in Latin and only accessible by the religious elite who were often corrupt. And that's not God. In fact, that's Antichrist. Rather than opening access to God, the church literally closed off spiritual access during that period. So the Reformation changed that in a lot of ways. And you can't, you can't put the grace of God, the energy of God, in a box. It's, it's not uniform. It's all-encompassing. It, it takes different pathways, different forms. The human spirit can sense it, the grace of God, that is, it can sense it because the human spirit was made to live off the grace of God. So we have that today. But a lot of us kind of divert back to those old Dark Age religious mentalities. It doesn't look like this or that, so it must not be God. 
when I worked for different ministries when I was younger, I traveled all over the country and visited different denominations for the work that I was doing at that time. It was really bizarre what I ran into during that time. It seemed to me that, well, it seemed bizarre to me. I guess I should say that. It seemed bizarre to me. There was a book that I read. I remember this incident. There was a book I read called Wild at Heart. It's by John Eldridge. Really significant to me during that period of life. Affected the way we raised our sons uh, and our daughter. But I remember mentioning this book. I mentioned it to a youth leader that I met at an event. I think this was in the Northeast somewhere. I was invited to speak at the speak there, and I told him about this book, just making conversation. He looked at me as if I, well, as if he was offended, and he talked about how he really had problems with that book's views of predestination. Frankly, I didn't even know how to respond. I couldn't think of anything in the book that had anything to do with predestination, and even if I could have, that's not what the book was about. The impact of the book was about freeing up the heart to be who God called us to be. Religion fits in a box. The grace doesn't. The energy of God will break our man-made rules. The, The more we cling to them, the more frustrating and tumultuous it will be as we follow the grace of God. And the grace of God looks different. There are different frequencies of the energy of God. And we have to find the one that we were designed to connect to. Remember, the grace moves out from his throne to accomplish its, his will. It's only fitting then that there are different frequencies, different facets of the grace that it can accomplish different aspects of his will in the earth. Look at how Paul describes the grace of God that was on his life. This is from Ephesians 3, 7 to 13. It says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me... Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church and the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he was that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. So I ask you not to lose heart what I am suffering for you, because it is which is for your glory. That's the end of the passage. Paul clearly understood there was a unique frequency of the energy of God on his life to bring grace, the grace of God, of the, to the kingdom. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we find him wishing he could bring the Jewish people, his own people, in to the kingdom. But that wasn't the nature of his call or the grace on his life. There's a reason why Paul wrote most of the New Testament. There was a unique call, a unique grace on his life. Usually whenever he approached the Jewish people with the gospel, they became angry and persecuted him. Peter and James, on the other hand, they had more success among the Jewish people than Paul did. And the point is, there was a different frequency of the grace of God on each of these guys. It defined their calling, defined their mission. Likewise, a different frequency of the energy of God on another person's life defines the mission and calling there. There's another passage from Paul. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 10. It says, what then, Paul is writing, he says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? These are different leaders. He's one of them. But he's talking about different leaders within the kingdom of God, the early church. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labors. For we are God's fellow workers. 
You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace God has given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. He's saying we have different ways we work, and it's not because of personal preferences. It's because of the grace. There's a unique grace on each person's life that they're supposed to fit into. When I was in Bible school, the school I attended had different writers, different speakers, different ministers who were very influential within American Christianity at the time. This was in the 90s. And every week, we had a different guest speaker come in. And it was meant, the purpose of these guest speakers was to expose us. I think that was the point. Um, the students to different things and ideas, what it usually did was just confuse us because every speaker believed their message was the most important message. One week, evangelism was the most important thing. The next week, discipleship was the most important thing. Then it was faith. And, And after a while, I realized all these things are important, but they may not be the most important thing to me. I didn't have the language then, but I do now. What was the nature of grace, the frequency of grace that God put on my life? That would define the emphasis of priorities that were important to me. Each of these speakers that they came in had a unique frequency of God's grace on them. What they said was good. It was true. But it was the the frequency of God's grace on their life. It wasn't universal. Right? Just because they said it was important, it was important to them because that was the nature of the grace on their life. At that time, I don't know many believers who understood this subtle but important difference. All right, there's a different frequency, a different nature of the grace for each of us that we have to identify. Finding the nature of the grace, the energy of God on our life is of critical importance. It defines how we should how we should live and what we should live toward. We can't be content in life if we're not living in accordance to the spiritual or the spe- specific spiritual frequency of the grace that God has poured out upon us. Further, the fullness of our spiritual brothers and sisters lives it's also predicated upon our ability to tap into the the correct frequency of the grace of god the energy of god for our life it's not based upon self-will or it's not based on self-esteem or anything born of the self it's based upon the will of god the leaders that god assigned me to through the invisible architecture of life within his design they are identified through that frequency of god's energy that's evidence on on them but it's also evident on me. Now, this little story, I, I've mentioned this in other episodes, I think, about when I, how when I first gave my life to God, I didn't know what to do for sure, but I knew I needed to get in the Word and I knew building the church was important. Now, that wasn't something that was taught to me by my environment at the time. That was a, so there, right there, there was a hint at the nature of the grace of God that was measured into my life, those two things, those two aspects. But finding leaders who operated and the unique nature of the grace to build the church and open the Word of God was actually critical to me finding peace. I realize that now. So I spent time with people and leaders whose whole focus was on evangelists or evangelism or on the faith movement. They had good, valuable insight. They were passionate. They weren't wrong, but that wasn't the nature of the grace that God designed for my life. I would have never been content in their world. I had to find where I belonged, where my mail was being sent, And that was how the grace of God opened up to me, by finding that fit. It's our job. It's it's our privilege to recognize the nature of the grace God has put on our life. And also find like-minded believers who share that calling, that measure of grace. This is the basis for how we perceive ourselves. It's the basis for how we perceive one another. 
Look at this passage from Romans where Paul talks about this very thing. He says, For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. Now, you might think he's just talking about faith here. He's not. As we keep reading, we realize he's talking about more than that. This is into verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we have, though many, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gift, gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now we need to do all of those things, but there is a spiritual frequency, a specific one, for your life that you have to find. Our life is born out of the energy of God, out of His grace. Peace, contentment, security, and functionality come as we grow in our understanding of His grace in our lives. As I've been saying from the very first episode in this series, if you press into knowing and to understanding the grace of God this year, you're going to change. This is a key, though. This is what we've just covered in this episode. In our next episode in this podcast series, we are going to look at something that can pose as an obstacle or an impediment to the grace of God flowing in our lives. Now, obviously, there's more than one thing that can do that. But this one thing we're going to look at is pretty subtle. It's pretty seductive. And it's a warning that we all need to be watching out for. That's coming next time from the J.B. Shreve and Faithful Considerations podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone.